Hello, listeners. Welcome to Chewing the Scenery Horror Movie Podcast. We are a podcast that talks about horror movies. There are spoilers ahead on the featured attractions. Um, we're going to go light, maybe, on some of the movies if we're talking about more than one. Uh, but generally speaking, recently watched, we won't spoil them entirely. We're not professional critics. We're just three friends at the bottom of a garden talking about horror movies. Do that again. We're just three friends in a shed at the bottom of a garden talking about horror movies. Um, thank you to the Moonrays for giving us that song, Intro Creature Features. We play that at the top of the show because... All right, so, what's happened since last time? Uh, well, uh, today is 4.20, so they've got a <laughs> big metal corral built in the middle of town, and people are... They've sp- rounded up the stoners. Yeah. <laughs> people are apparently standing around outside the fences smoking yes now when they electrocute the stoners does it kill them or make them stronger it makes them stronger okay so yeah we we uh on the way to sit down at the studio we drove past some guy who the was studio at the bottom of the garden yes it just sounds like it's underground i love that um we drove past some fools Fools spilling out of uh, some sort of a head shop. Yeah, one dressed as a purple mushroom, one yep. dressed as kind of the Riddler, but with weeds. <laughs> Which we called the Weedler. <laughs> and uh, we laughed and we laughed. Yes, and it's not as funny now that we've said it twice, but yeah, a lot of people are flocking to Denver because, well, weed. Weed. Uh, we should have watched weed themed horror movies. I'm gonna um, let the dog in. Which there are a number. Oh, uh, what is there besides the one? Shrooms. That... Yeah. Uh, Hansel and Gretel get baked. There's a a couple. Well, there's one related for madness. Yeah. There's one, I can't think uh, of them. That there's a couple of really terrible looking ones on Shutter, right. Netflix that look just. You know, there's a few acid ones, wasn't there? There, was there like, were a couple uh, acid ones. Blue sunshine. And... Do you count brain damage as being sort of drug related? The... It's kind of an addiction thing going on, isn't it? Yeah, it is. And a lot of hallucinogenics uh, dis- distributed uh, into the brain directly by a weird eel turd looking thing. <laughs> uh, those toenails you hear are Leela. She hasn't joined us on the show in a while. Uh, she's 16 this year, and she's a shepherd mix. So, Leela is on the show once again. She should have a lot to say. They're intelligent dogs. Yeah, she does sometimes talk a lot. Yeah. And then uh, last weekend was Dink, which is the Denver Independent <laughs> Comics and Arts Show. Con. <laughs> Dinks? Uh, so I went to that, and uh, I hung out. How'd it go? Uh, because I, I did the artwork for uh, 
comic series called The Burning Metronome, which is kind of Twilight Zone meets Usual Suspects sort of thing. Oh. And uh, got to see it in colour for the first time. Um, anyway, uh, yeah, it went, went okay. Uh, John Leguizamo was there. And he's not did on the show with us, so that tells you how you that went. Did you an interview? <laughs> I saw him being photographed. Oh. There you go. You can, well, you can touch me if you like. Brush with greatness. Uh, I got to talk with Jay Mobile, who, who who's the, uh, the artist of Crow. Um, you know, because if you're one of the exhibitors, you, you get to hang around like an hour or so before the rest of the people come in. Oh, yeah. So we had a... A very nerdy discussion about dry brush technique. <laughs> oh, very nice. <laughs> yeah. Living the dream. And then uh, then we had the big windstorm on Tuesday. Tuesday, yeah. Don't move here. Yeah. <laughs> it was pretty horrifying. Yeah. Did you it, lose anything? No. Anyone? No, the... Uh, cows through telegraph poles and things like that. Yeah. Yes. Um, we actually have a, a fence that is secretly a gate. Like a giant gate that you can swing both panels open, and uh, the wind was really working on that. It was pulling the screws out of the hardware, and I had to get out to the alley to bring the bins in from having had the trifecta of of recycling, trash, and extra garbage day. Mm-hmm. And it also falls on street sweeping day for oh, some weird man. reason. So, uh, yeah, I just thought, you know what, I'm going to wait till it's between gusts and open the gate really fast and run out and get the bins. And I noticed that the neighbor had two panels of the fence over. Mm. And uh, lost a tree. Yeah, a tree. I you mean, lost that's... a tree? Yep. Oh, man. And I, I did myself an injury soaring out so it wouldn't be dangerous. Oh. Yeah, that that's took me out most of, most of Wednesday. What'd you do? I just overexerted uh-huh. on high altitude yeah lack of oxygen and yeah <laughs> uh, yeah inadequate nutrition still, still feeling it mm. quite, quite bruised mm, man do you think all the assholes have tuned out by now and given us a one-star review um i know i do by about this time every week <laughs> right i write some really mean ones it's like they didn't talk about our movies at all at all yeah. oh, we're not sponsored are we we're not yet we're not. We're looking for a sponsor, though. Yeah, so if you sell mattresses or underwear, <laughs> that doesn't sound right, did it? <laughs> Why? If you're an underwear dealer, get a hold of us. If you're an underwear dealer, yeah. Yeah, or used mattresses. Used mattresses. Who said anything about used mattresses? I don't know, man. Um, so, what have you guys watched since last time? Let's talk about that. I've finished up Dark. How did you like I Dark? highly, highly recommend it. Awesome. Watch it in German. Yeah. It's everything Stranger Things should have been. Right. Um, it's, uh, yeah, it's fantastic. It's 10 episodes, lots of twists and turns, lots of characters to keep track of, I enjoy- lots of German nostalgia. Oh, yeah. You'll, yep. you'll reminisce over Raider bars. <laughs> Raider bars. <laughs> a Raider bar is a German Twix. You yes. learn. Yes. You watched this series, did you not? I did. It was. It's been. A, it's been a few months, so I forgot some of this stuff. Um. Yeah, I almost want to watch it again. It's. It's uh, time travel. Yeah. Which is always fun. Well, not always, but it's a favorite subgenre of mine. Yeah, I love time travel. I enjoy time travel. Um, if it's good, it messes with your head. Right, right. <laughs> yeah. 
wait, how can he be dead in the past if he's alive in the future? So you're going to be jonesing for more, so watch Time Crimes. I will watch Time Crimes. Yeah, and then I've got another one from Netflix I'm going to recommend. What is it? Um, The Bloodlands. The Bloodlands. All right. It's one of them I'm talking about for tonight. Okay. Yeah. So what else you got? Is that it? That's it. it. Wow. Jolien, you want to go next? Uh, Yeah, we finished watching... uh, 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 Japanese superhero series, uh, Denji Sentai Mega Ranger, uh, which is 51 episodes. Mm-hmm. Wow. Um, and uh, yeah, that was, that was fun. It's like uh, we're watching it, and, and as the, the bad guy's plan is revealed at the end of it, the uh, Facebook scandal was going on. Oh. And like the bad guy in the show, his, his ambition is to uh, digitize the human race so that he can use them as like his. His power source. Oh, okay. just like Zuckerberg. Yeah, yeah. It was eerily similar. Wow. And then, uh, all right, I watched another one on uh, Shudder, which was uh, "Who Saw Her Die," which is a Jello from 1972, uh, directed by Aldo Lado and Vittorio De Sisti, and uh, it's got Anita Strindberg in it, and uh, and it's got George Lazenby. Oh, the original James Bond and uh, Adolfo Celli, who was never James Bond, uh, Largo in Thunderball. Oh, okay. okay, yeah, James Bond adjacent, and uh, and the music's uh, Ennio Morricone, one of his more choral works. It's really good, mm-hmm. uh, and it's filmed in uh, Venice, and uh, okay. it's got this couple. Who, yeah. So uh, George Lazenby is this sculptor who's uh, who's in Venice, and uh, they lose their daughter to this killer who dresses as a widow hmm. sometimes you've seen pov shots through a widow's veil huh. uh yeah it's quite interesting and and uh there's like all these parallels to don't look now which came out the following year huh but uh yeah um that was all right uh insidious part four the last key oh boy from this year did you see this one from no just last week yeah <laughs> the next one comes out next week directed by Adam Ribeteau this one did really well apparently financially so they're going to do another one uh-huh. but it's it's pretty tired yeah I don't think I'll bother with another one yeah you can only reheat that soup so many times yeah uh, Lin Che is good in it she you know she gets you through she's fun to watch and yeah I don't think I've seen any of the insidious she's she's this like a uh, psychic who, who's sent in to deal with these hauntings and then she's got these like these two younger guys who um help her out and they're like the comedy relief ghostbusters and mm. uh, one of them's played by uh, lee one owl who who also wrote the story mm. uh it's got some good like uh, i mean it, it's like basically her tragic backstory and because mm. she has to go and investigate a uh a haunting at her childhood home which is oh, okay. happens to be this big house next to an old prison oh where they electrocuted a bunch of people so but you know it's it's the actual horror stuff is pretty tired, but the, yeah. the you know the characters are absorbing enough. Uh, yeah, All right. that was it. Apart from the feature. Mm. Well, I went ahead and watched Day of the Dead Bloodlines. Um, oh, yeah. So I saw that, <clears throat> and I think Mom taught me to not say anything at all. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not that terrible. It's just not that good. There's no original zombie stuff going on here. Um, 
basically Which they, one is this one? It's the it's a, a new one that's just sort of using the name, and I don't know how like if this is licensed. I should have probably done a little research, but yeah, it's um, a movie. Who wants to do yeah. homework? So it basically starts with yeah, you shouldn't have to do homework. It starts with some phlebotomist who's taking blood from this guy who's clearly obsessed with her, and I think it's some really inappropriate shit that somebody uh, higher up didn't intervene. Uh, yet they didn't, and this guy is like clearly dangerous and weird and he's cut her name into his arm so of course that's a cue we get to see later uh in the movie this is a rom-com right yes this is it the is endearing moment yeah it's it's a it's a hilarious romp <laughs> is what it is and so this guy and i forget his name uh essentially serves as the bub of this movie he, he looks just kind of weird enough to where once he starts to decompose and turn into a zombie um he looks very bub-like and mm. I think they even get like a chain around him at some point in time. Mm. Uh, so basically they're trying to sort of redo, like reboot this notion of day of the dead um, because there is some uh, hanging out in a bunker sort of situation. And there is a sort of a bub. It doesn't really work. It, not, nothing feels like a new take on anything. It just feels like, Oh, we rehashed this a different way than it got rehashed yeah. the last 10 times someone rehashed it. <laughs> so go ahead and give it a look if you want like, if you're just really starved for some zombies, there you go. Um, I don't recommend it. It's okay. I mean, it looks good, but it, you, you can kind of get that visual thing that it was shot on, on digital mm. and not, to where it's been faked to look like film at uh -huh. all it just doesn't it just looks if a little, you know what you're doing you, it can look good yeah it oh, looks certainly. too crisp i don't know how to explain it otherwise yeah. i watched Sunchoke, which is available on netflix um this is about a woman who appears to be some sort of a therapist uh barbara crampton plays this woman and she has this uh i'm guessing early 20s to mid 20s woman living with her and they keep going through these weird word and mental exercises. And then it's clear that she's trying to get her ready to go for a longer uh, venture out into the world. And when this young woman does, weird things happen to her, which you're not sure if they're in her mind or not. And I don't really want to spoil anything about this one. Uh, because I said at the top of the show, we don't spoil stuff that's not the featured attraction. We want to give you a fair chance to see it. Uh some really weird identity um, questions come to mind and uh, what's the origin of the problem she's having. This comes to mind like, uh, like, well, what am I looking for here? And some of the stuff is revealed slowly and then you get some real big punches toward the end of the movie and uh, some kind of unexpected gore. So it's more of a uh, psychological thing, but then you do start to get some gore and some kills in there somewhere. And, uh, Without saying too much, I do recommend Sunchoke. It's a it's a good watch, and then uh, one that's more of a mainstream thing, um, but it was done well. Molly's Game. This is about an Olympic skier who suffered an injury and, by some strange series of events, ended up uh, running poker games in L.A. and it's it's veiled well enough who is supposed to be whom in this uh, like. Cause they just have these characters who are like, Oh yeah, this guy's a big shot actor or whatever. And you don't know what actor he's supposed to represent. Mm -hmm. This is based on a absolutely based on a true story. Mm -hmm. And this woman was indicted on all these charges of, of illegal gambling. Yeah. I heard about her. Yeah. 
and she she wrote a book about it. So, uh, is her name Molly by any chance? It is Molly Strangely, and she was running games. Molly Strangely. Yes, Molly Strangely. Doesn't that's that, a good last name. Yeah, doesn't doesn't that sound like somebody who really Molly wants? Strangely's <laughs> Casino? I like that. Pardon my murder is going to be uh, fe- is going to be featuring an episode that's all recorded in Molly Strangely's casino. Molly Strangely. So those are the three I watched since last time, and I feel like there was something else in there. But uh, oh, and the season finale of The Walking Dead wrapped. Many so. zombies yet? Um, Did they hint at it? <laughs> they had they had many it zombies. Maybe too lily- Maybe too late for the little zombies, you know, <laughs> that you could inhale. Uh, yeah, they didn't hear our show yet and steal that idea. Okay. But, uh, but get that to them. I want that next season. Yeah. Uh, so that's over with for now. Or Draculas. They could bring in Draculas. <laughs> they need, they need tiny Draculas. <laughs> tiny Draculas fighting zombies. Wasn't that an Elton John song? I believe it was. Yeah. Tiny Dracula yeah. fighting zombies. <laughs> So, what did you pick for the, uh, what did we decide this was going to be called? This was, don't go into the woods, but don't watch, don't go into the woods. I think that's what we should call this. <laughs> it was all about going into the woods when you shouldn't. Yes. Perhaps films that would be good to take on a camping trip. Yeah. If you had electricity on your camping yes. trip. I don't understand that bit, but. Um, vacation House. Vacation uh, House, okay. Cabin in the Woods. Cabin Wait, in no, the God Woods. no, goddammit, that's another stupid title. Don't uh, watch Cabin <laughs> in the Woods either. Actually, do watch Cabin in the Woods. Yeah, that's probably a pretty good one. I've never watched it. I don't think I have either. I've heard good things about it. And we're going to cover one I've never watched. That's uh, People like to refer to their blind spot in horror movies. Yeah, what is it? What'd you watch? Well... You want me to start with that one? Yeah, we, okay. why not? Sleepaway Camp from 1983. Oh. Yeah, okay. all right. Have you seen this one? A uh, long time ago. Okay. I've had the ending given away 100,000 oh. times. Okay. That's probably not much of an exaggeration. Mm. So I knew what was going to happen. And uh, th- there will be spoilers on this one, just like every... It came out in 1983. Yeah. Get with it. Get your life together. <laughs> <laughs> so... Come on. This was a 1983 slasher movie right about, um, I'd say this is kind of peak slasher times. Yeah, yeah. it was off the boil by then. Yeah. 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 It was all downhill after 1980. Yeah. But like punk rock slasher films were real specific time frame. Yeah. Yeah. It was good. Well, people were still going to these things. Oh, certainly. Certainly. But they were all downhill. By... Yeah. If you're going to talk about quality, that's one thing. But, there was uh, Friday the 13th and the burning <laughs> nothing nothing else that was so, it halloween friday the 13th nothing <laughs> so this this takes place um all right this takes place years after an accident on uh on the lake at camp arawak which uh i figured out later is the algonquin word for half shirts and short shorts um, what's funny is it's actually, uh, I think the lake was like Lake Algonquin or something like that, but I made that note and then later I read something and it's like, oh, there is some Algonquin tie in here. I did my homework on this movie. Yeah. Um, so what happens is there's, uh, there's a guy and his son and daughter on a boat and it gets capsized or hit by a water skier situation and... The uh, dad and one of the kids dies. Yeah. The other kid goes to live with Auntie So-and-So. 
which uh, they could have worked harder on the names. But um, this uh, flashes forward to time to go to camp. Yay, everyone's running to camp. And I think maybe it's worse now. I don't know if it was worse then, but man, teenagers and preteens are just a bunch of shitheads. They're just, this movie is nonstop uh, bullying, uh, ridiculing, and pranking. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. And I don't know. Creepy adults. And creepy adults. Now, let's start there. Uh, What was that stupid cook's name that ends up getting burned later? Um, Pervo. Yeah. Yeah, (laughs) Chef Pervo. Chef Pervo. Yeah. Yeah, this this guy... um, I'd like to find that here, but does it really matter? Uh, yeah, he says something about uh, when the kids are getting off the bus. He says something about where I come from. We call them baldies. It's like, oh God, seriously, right now? Uh, you so you like prepubescent children to molest? You and you still have a job? Well, so at a camp? Well, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, maybe they don't check anybody's background before they hire yeah, them. They reach the, that then. Yeah. They reach the bottom of the ladder. Nobody cares. I can't. Right. We've got a killer in the woods. My molestation is the least of these kids' worries. Yeah. Hey, whatever takes the focus off of the child molesting. So uh, they've got him and, and some other ne'er-do-wells who work at this place. And, and no one really seems to defend the kids very well, except for a couple of the counselors who, who do a nice job of it. Um, everybody just feels like Chachi from Happy Days. You know, mm. just a bunch of Chachis. Just a <laughs> bunch of Chachis. <laughs> and uh, so there's this girl who she and her cousin, you think maybe oh, the brother and sister, but no, it's her cousin. And then you figure out, oh, she's the girl that survived the boating accident. And now she's kind of grown up. She's maybe, I don't know, supposed to be 14-ish. Played by a 35-year-old. Yeah. Well, I think Felissa Rose was maybe a year or two older than this. But um, So what starts happening uh, amidst all the bullying and, and the ridiculing and the pranking, uh, people who pick on this girl in particular and who are just generally awful people start getting murdered in really just gruesome ways. The kills didn't really move me, and I don't know that I'm desensitized, or they just didn't set them up especially well. Like, you felt like you saw them coming. Yeah, I can't remember any of them. Yeah, yeah, I can't by now. I seem to remember that this was fairly effective when I was 12, but... Yeah, that's about the cutoff, I think. I haven't watched this in a, quite a number of years. And, you know, the best kill, of course, is, uh, okay, Artie was the cook that was attempting to sexually assault Angela. And then he's got this impossibly tall pot of water going that they're going to boil corn on the cob. And I'm not even exaggerating. This this big kettle is like four feet high on top of a stove. And he has to get some sort of a step stool to get up and check to see if it's boiling. Uh-huh. And he turned it on yesterday because it's going to take 24 hours to boil. So uh, whatever's happening here, uh, he's leaning over it stupidly and on a ladder, well, step stool thing. And uh, someone comes up and starts yanking on the step stool. And of course, he ends up going over and bringing the kettle with him. And he 
I don't know if he dies, but he gets boiled alive. Oh, man. Um, yeah, so you don't feel bad for him, and you just think, well, you know, is there some other horrible thing they can do? I guess they're just going to wrap him up and haul him away. Okay, well, at least he's out of the way. He was so gross that it's good he was only in five minutes of the movie. Yeah. So we're rid of him. And then there's other awful people, but they're all wearing half shirts and short shorts. Like, literally, I think they just stopped you getting off the bus and cut your shirt in half. <laughs> now I'm listen- I'm hearing... We wear short shorts in my head. <laughs> yeah. I want it laid in here. Oh, <laughs> uh, let's see. So, um, uh, Meg is this girl who is, well, let's see, Judy and Meg are picking on Angela. And for some reason, Meg is supposed to meet with Mel, who's the old guy that runs the camp. And it almost is set up like it's a date, which was kind of gross. Well, she gets stabbed in the shower, so don't worry about that. You never find out what that meeting stabbed was. Stabbed really. right in the shower. Yeah. <laughs> That'll end, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, let's see. There's other people who get hacked to death. Someone gets killed with a curling iron to the mouth and then suffocated with a pillow. Um, uh, Mel, the old guy who runs the camp, thinks Ricky, the impossibly muscular uh, camp counselor, he looks like condoms stuffed with walnuts <laughs> wow <laughs> stuffed into tight clothes <laughs> and short shorts and half shirts <laughs> pretty much yeah yeah so if you, <laughs> if you can picture that like like stretch armstrong only condoms full of walnuts mm, the yeah. original stretch armstrong was a condom full of walnuts <laughs> <laughs> that is possible um there's a cop with the fakest mustache that actually looked like someone took a Sharpie and drew it on his face. Only not a Sharpie. It looked like it was wet. And then I kind of got another look at him. It's like, no, it's just a really bad fake mustache. It was just kind of flat and shiny Hmm. and just glued to his lip. Uh, He's super helpful. Um, Does he die? uh, He doesn't. Um, But uh, let's see. What does he do? Uh, They call the cops because uh, they find uh, uh, they find all these dead people. And then Mel starts. And they call the cops. Yeah. Finally, someone calls the cops and they're like, oh, this is going to ruin our business. Yeah. But people are getting killed, asshole. (laughs) Uh, So we could probably sweep it under the rug. (laughs) Uh, Frank, the police officer, is this guy's name. He he starts searching the counselor's. searching with the counselors to try and find the, the missing kids. And of course, uh, they're all dead. Um, at some point they finally find Angela and she's had a couple of episodes with this kid, uh, Paul, where it looked like they were hitting it off and she, it didn't seem like she was going to ever speak, but she, she would speak to him and speak quite normally. Uh, so she, she was introverted from apparently trauma and, they Probably finally, from the boating accident. It could be. I mean, it, that could be part of it. Well, they finally roll up on her, and she's sitting on the beach, and it looks like she's got him with his head in her lap and stroking his hair. But when she stands up, it's cut away from his body. And here comes the big spoiler. Uh, she turns around, and suddenly she's nude, holding a severed head and a hunting knife and uh, making a weird face and hissing. And she has a penis. Full, yeah. full frontal nudity. Uh-huh. And it's hers. Yes, it's her penis. She's not holding a severed <laughs> so penis. Severed penis. It's attached to her body. So uh, 
they got a body double and cast Felissa Rose's face and put a mask on this guy who they hired from a local college mm-hmm. huh. who was 18, a young Filipino guy who was like, okay, I got to be drunk to do this though. <laughs> and he would never let them disclose his actual name. So he got paid some money and got real drunk and put on a girl mask and stood there and hissed and he was going to do that anyway. I mean, to be honest, <laughs> was, that was Friday night. It was filmed on a Friday. So yeah. Uh, so that's the, uh, let's see. The film abruptly ends with the last line spoken by Ronnie. How can it be? My God, she's a boy. <laughs> nice. So that's a good end. Yeah. So more she, movies should end with that line. Okay, the, the, the shoulders really give it away. Like this, <laughs> this was clearly not uh, not the body that she was walking around with for the whole rest of the movie. It's like uh, I don't think that's actually her penis. <laughs> it was more likely that was her penis than those were her shoulders. <laughs> so that was um, Sleepaway Camp, which I never bothered seeing. And now you know why. Well, the box art was stupid, so I was like, yeah, it's a stabby sneaker piece of art on the front. I remember the curling iron. Yeah? That's it. Wow. Well, I remember the penis, obviously, at the end, but... Yeah. uh, Yeah, that was the... uh, What was that movie? Uh, The Crying Game? Yeah. Of 1983? Yeah, Mm -hmm. who didn't recognize that that was... um, well, was it a transsexual or transvestite? I'm not sure. Um, but who didn't spot that early in the movie? I don't know. I think that was one that was spoiled so quickly, I can't say. Oh, okay. For sure, if I would have known or not. That was just one of those movies you're like, it's a guy. <laughs> it's totally a dude. <laughs> That's a dude. Watch. And then you watch, you're like, yeah, you were right. That was a guy. Yeah. Shocking, I guess. Well, not anymore. It wasn't really. I mean. So what do you guys watch? Who wants to go next? I watched The Ritual. The Ritual. Oh, okay. oh after, yeah. Uh, after weeks of months, maybe, of Jean having watched this a long time ago yep. by herself. She doesn't normally watch horror movies uh, on her own. But she watched this one. Although she says that. But she watched all of Argento's films like back to back once we got copies from Jolie and like. I didn't even, I'd be like, I, I need a break between Argentos. And she's like, nope, nope. just plowing ahead. We're going right in, you know. We're binging Argento. Yeah, binging Argento. Um, anyway, so she watched this movie and she uh, she told me, you should watch that. You should watch that. And then within the last week or so, uh, she's been saying, don't bother watching it because <laughs> I feel like I've hyped it. And you'll, oh. you'll watch it and you'll be let down. And I was like, oh, we just talked about some movie on the podcast that was like that it was the same sort of it was a good movie but i feel like if i recommend it to people and they go watch it they'll be let down because there's nothing in it that was you know outstanding um so anyway this week's theme came up and she was like okay you have to watch the ritual and we started watching something called cabin fever okay Mm -hmm. the first one where a little boy bites a guy on the hand some jerks are out in the town i don't know but we watched about 10 minutes of it and she was like this is crap we're we're backing out we're starting over despite my rule of not stopping a film once it started uh you're, you're kind of like like uh, the guy who who throws the bar across the people in the little cart for the um 
for the uh, carnival ride. It's exactly that. It's once this ride starts, we don't stop. Right. You know? You've got 90 minutes to tell a movie, tell a story. Yeah. Know? Whether it's a roller coaster, a tilt-a-whirl, yeah. or... But she said, no, this is a crap ride. We're, we're watching the ritual. So yep. she went and did something else and put the ritual on for me. I have to recommend it, despite the chance that it might be overhyped. Um, a group of guys who are a little too old for lads' vacation. Mm -hmm. They're all British. Um, they're trying to decide what vacation to go on. You've seen this, right? Yes. You watched this movie. A couple months Although ago. Although you said you probably wanted to rewatch it. Yes. Because you were sleepy. Yes. And I could see it starts a little slow. Yeah. Did you spot Noel from uh, Shaun of the Dead? Oh, which one was he? Noel was the guy who uh, worked at the electronics store with Sean. Yeah, I know who Noel is. But yeah, I don't. The, I don't remember which guy he was. The ritual. Yeah, uh, people looked familiar. Yeah, he grew up a bit. But I've watched enough British stuff that uh, everybody the, looks kind of familiar. They don't the, have, Brit, the Brits all look the same. They all look the mm -hmm. same. Yeah. Yeah. Pale bad teeth. Pale bad teeth. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking funny. Mm -hmm. Yet somehow really proper. Yeah. Um, pardon my murder. Pardon my murder. Uh, anyway, they uh, they decide to go hiking in Norway. And so they go hiking in Norway. This is to commemorate their dead friend. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, their friend dies. And they're, they're in a holdup. And one of the guys has a chance to do something and he doesn't. And his friend gets killed. And so he's racked with guilt. That's his backstory. The other three on the trip are just, they're all friends. I don't know if they met in college or their childhood friends or what. But uh, um, they go hiking and they decide to go take a shortcut because one of them hurts his leg through the woods. And one of them says to the other, what, are you scared? You don't want to go in the woods? And I answered, yeah, a bit. I'm a bit scared. Shouldn't you be a bit scared to go into the woods? You should. I don't need to be panicked. You should be pretty aware of what's going on around you when you go into the woods. Yeah. And uh, they find out, don't go into the woods. Yep. One of them properly spots it and goes, this is witchcraft. Let's get the fuck out of here. They don't listen to him. Um, things go bad. There is an awesome creature in this. The monster in this is fantastic yeah. looking. It is creepy and different mm -hmm. um so yeah I, I recommend it awesome okay the ritual it's on netflix it's netflix whatever yeah original i don't know what that means they filed someone else's serial number off and then put a sticker over it just label over it yeah they, they do i you know i don't know yeah but uh really really good uh it's got a creepy real creepy vibe uh, and yeah, the monster, I don't think I'll see anything like that in a long, long time. Turns out it's a boy. It is. You see the monster's penis at the end <laughs> for like a really long time. I mean, really long. It's just like five minutes shot. It just stands there with that look and on its the face credits hissing. roll over it and you're like, what the hell is this? Yeah. So like 90 minutes and there was a monster's penis. Yeah. It's like the credits from Goldfinger. They projected <laughs> over it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Jolien, what did you watch? <laughs> well, now we've and reached, does it end with a penis? Now we've reached my level. Um, 
<laughs> so I watched uh, Just Before Dawn. Yes. The 1980 film, Jeff Lieberman, director of Squirm. Yes. Which has an awesome poster and some great bits in it. Yes. <laughs> uh, some really awful bits. Yeah. Uh, but carry on squirming oh, definitely check it out if you're into uh, <laughs> nature run amok movies i i love the worms in that movie yeah, yeah. and the kind of galloping noise they make it's it's a very strange... yeah it's got some cool it's like rick baker effect where the guy's got the worms in his face mm-hmm, and, yeah and when the worms flood into the house and the floor's just full of and them And when they come out of the shower head yeah onto the, the other thing i i like is uh the uh the the local like phrases yeah. people are coming out with it they're always fun to listen to yeah I'm as happy as a bump on a log <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway that, that one's fun and then he also did uh, Blue Sunshine I think I I've seen this one about this kind of conspiracy with this sort of uh, MK Ultra sort of deal hmm. going on and people getting this acid that turns them into bald maniacs hmm maybe I haven't seen that alright uh, I can't remember much about that one actually okay it's got uh, that, again it's got a really cool poster yeah uh, but this one I think is his best one it's uh, it's got some It's you know it's, it's well done yeah it's got a good cast in it um, uh, pretty effective um, so this came out in 1980 it, the uh, screenplay had been written in about 78 uh, and this is much more of a 70s wilderness survival movie than it is a slasher okay uh, it's usually uh, it's it's lumped in with the slashers because by the time it got distribution it was post friday the 13th yeah um but uh it, closer to deliverance than... yeah yeah it's much more like deliverance and yeah uh, there's a number of those films yeah um if you're expecting a slasher like a body count movie i don't know if you'll like it because it there's like this, uh, there's this really cruel kill at the start, and then for most of the first hour, yeah, it's just following these people and and building up, yeah, to uh, the last half hour, last bit of mayhem. Um, yeah, that's fine. Yeah, yeah, I'm fine with it. But if you're expecting like every ten minutes, some fool gets, gets knocked off, off, yeah, no. the farm, you'll be disappointed. Uh, yeah, so uh, this one you got like uh, uh, there's these two hunters and they're they're at somewhere out in the mountains. This is filmed in uh, Silver Fall State Park, Oregon. Hmm. It's a very nice landscape and it's well shot. Um, doesn't indulge in a lot of location shots. It mostly stays on the characters. Okay. But uh, so it makes it kind of claustrophobic, even though you're out in the mountains. Hmm. Um, anyway, there's these two hunters and the uh, the they're out and there's this old uh, church and they're, they're hanging out there and they're kind of falling around they're both really drunk and you know they, they've been out for a whole night and they're yeah. looking for something to bring home to their, their respective spouses or whatever yeah. so one of them's trying to prize the candelabra off the church wall <laughs> and the other one's mucking about you know pretending to be a preacher and he's like uh, uh, you know he's, 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 he sets up the pulpit and he's like he lifts his face up to heaven and there's like a hole in the roof and he sees this form looking back down at him through the hole mm. and uh, it seems to be smiling and it's this huge guy and then uh, shortly thereafter uh, the the vehicle gets wrecked and uh, and then one of them gets dispatched 
in this very wince-worthy way. Mm. <laughs> it's pretty early on, so I, I can spoil it, right? Okay, yeah, yeah go ahead. Sure. Anyway, it came out in 1980. This giant hulking guy has this huge, like, machete, and it's got serrated blade down the back of the blade. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So he shoves this in where it will do the most pain and Ooh. then pulls it out where it will do even more pain. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so in, in the UK, you just couldn't see that. Yeah. You saw this guy with a surprised look on his face and then... <laughs> yeah. Uh, that, that was it. But um, yeah, that was pretty brutal. Uh, and that's the other guy. He goes he goes running off down the mountain. And then coming up the mountain, there's this camper van with these five uh, young people in it. Uh, so you've got this... Uh, uh, the uh, the guy driving is Jonathan. He's played by uh, Chris Lemon, who in real life is the son of yeah, okay, uh, Jack Lemon and Cynthia yeah. Stone. Um, he, he's uh, this cast. Uh, you, you'll you'll see them on TV a lot. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, and he he's in the Guardians of the Galaxy movies. And oh, is he's, he? He's in a bunch of stuff. You'll recognize his face. Oh he's yeah, I know who Chris Lemon is. Him. Yeah, you've uh, seen him and stuff. So he he looks like the hunky hero. Yeah. And he he he's he's inherited this land up in the mountains, so they're they're all driving off to uh, have a you know check it out. Yeah. And uh, so he's got his his girlfriend uh, is Constance, played by uh, Deborah Bowen. Um, she'd been in 1941, and she was in a whole bunch of okay TV. Um, uh, and she's all she's all kind of buttoned up and got her hair like pulled back, so yeah. she looks like she's going to be like. This, final girl sort of repressed yeah character and then you've got the the girl who's like more carefree um megan is played by jamie rose and uh and uh like deborah she was she'd been on falk and crest and oh, okay a bunch of tv stuff and uh then you've got um uh, jonathan's uh, brother who's this camera uh nut uh who's uh daniel played by uh, ralph seymour all right. He's another familiar face. Um, so anyway, they're they're, heading, they're in this camper and they're going up the the mountain pass and they and they they stop off at the rangers station and the ranger is uh, Roy McLean who's played by George Kennedy. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, and he's he's really cool. He's like he's like working on his bonsai collection and he talks to his horse and his plants and stuff. He's he's this, uh, he's this nice guy and uh, and he, he of course he he warns them not to go up in the mountains and uh, they say oh well he. You know, he's got a right to go up there because he's... He owns some, land. Owns yeah. land. So, well, okay, but, you know, some, uh, some crazy things have gone up, gone on up there. And then and then they run into the um, the the surviving hunter who's coming back down. And, he, oh, okay. and he's your, he's your, like your classic, uh, you know, crazy guy. Saying, um, and he wants them to take them, take him with them. Yeah. But they won't let him in because he's like... A nut. Yeah, um, and then the, so they carry on driving up the road, and and this this big guy jumps on the back of the van and they just rides with them all the way up to where they're going to oh, camp. Okay. And uh, so um, anyway, um, so night falls and uh, you hear this mysterious whistle going on, but they don't really pay much attention to it, and they just have have fun and hang out they're, they're quite a likable bunch and they you know they they care for each other and uh, yeah um you know they're not you know and they're not just flesh targets yeah um uh and then you, you find out there's like uh there's this family up there called the logans 
Uh, there's there's like this old guy, and there's this woman who's suspiciously young to be his wife, hmm. and then there's an even younger woman who's a daughter, possibly of theirs. Hmm. Hmm. Um, so uh, yeah, the the gene pool is not too deep up there. <laughs> right. Uh, and then there's this. Uh, I won't give away the twist, but there's a there's a good twist coming up. Oh, okay. Um, anyway, so. Uh, <laughs> So they're all built up, and then in the last uh, half hour, you get the revelation, and, uh, and people start getting knocked off um, in various ways. And uh, uh, yeah, it, it's a, it's I, I I like this one. Uh, you know, builds up atmosphere and it's got you know good cast and everything. So you've got good kills in it. You've got uh, people doing doing bad deeds, and then you've got possibly a supernatural thing. It's not so much supernatural as genetic. Okay. All right. Well, we we don't want to say too much more than that because I don't think this is um, one that's widely known yeah, to horror it, fans. Yeah, it kind of got lumped in with the slashes and then kind of forgotten for quite a while and then it got yeah, rediscovered and, and people were thinking, hey, this is, this is different. Just before dawn. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, on the... Uh, it's got interesting uh, kind of arc with the uh, the final girl because she's not uh, um, she she's not like the virginal girl who mm-hmm. triumphs. She kind of becomes more self confident, and she realizes that she has to become self more self confident. And she also she's more aware of her own sexuality and her own strengths, hmm. and uh, and she has this awesome way of dispatching at the end of it you're just like yeah Sweet. um uh yeah um so uh and it's got a score by bradford l before he was the guy who scored james cameron movies oh okay. wow uh yeah so it's got like that. piranha 2 <laughs> yeah um which is coming out on blu-ray later this year i think um yeah it's got, and it's got this creepy whistle in it you'll you'll never forget um, yeah, so this, this one will be a good one to watch if you're going out into the woods. Awesome. It, it will spook you. Uh, yeah, so uh, this is not to be confused. There's three other movies called Just Before Dawn. Oh, so you have to pick the right one. Yeah. Just look for the one that's got George this, Kennedy this, in this it. This one's circa 1980, 81. Yeah, there okay. were a couple cabin fever movies, not just sequels. Yeah. Something else called Cabin Fever. Like, okay. It's that one. <laughs> yeah, sometimes you get that same name as thing. What are you going to do? All right. I have, I watched a total of three movies, so I'll talk about, I'll talk about the, the, uh, the other two. Um, now I was going to watch Friday the 13th part three, 3d, which, um, I have, I bought, uh, just before the, um, uh, second spin used stuff store, uh, closed stuff. Yeah, used media, used uh, discs and CDs and DVDs and Blu-rays. Uh, then a bunch of new crap. Uh, they're they're now FYE, I guess. And they just have one location the hell out at some mall I don't go to. But I did buy this Friday the 13th uh, four-disc set for like six bucks. And they were like, get our, get our store as empty as possible before we have to move it. <laughs> okay, done. So I bought a few movies. Um I ended up instead choosing Friday the 13th, the final chapter, because mm. I felt like maybe I it's haven't... It's a long chapter. 
<laughs> the final chapter lasts for another seven or eight movies <laughs> and counting. But uh, this movie um, is 1984. Uh, definitely a slasher. Uh, I remember that it had Corey Feldman in it. Yeah. And I was like, you know, he's a, he's a little kid basically in this thing. And I don't remember him being especially interesting or cool, but I don't remember him being especially annoying either. So maybe I'll just give this thing another look and see how the rest of it, not just his part of it, how the rest of it holds up over time. And it is very much standard checklist kind of slasher movie, especially for a Friday the 13th. Is this the fourth one? Mm -hmm. This is the fourth one. Um, very early in the movie, you, you see that it's picked up right where part three left off. Yeah. Jason has run amok and done all this mayhem and murder. And, uh, he killed a couple of bikers and a whole bunch of teens and, you know, various ways he killed them. And so here they are bringing his body to the morgue and right out of the gate, you get a sandwich eating mortician who sets the sandwich on the chest of the body covered in a sheet and then makes a necrophilia joke about some woman across the room who is dead. Uh, so there you go, right out of the, right gate. Out of the gate. Yeah. I don't remember if they had like a harbinger of doom at the beginning of this one, but I'm sure they did. They did a montage flashback of like, and there was this, and then you get that, camp, blah, 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 it's going to get you. <laughs> He's got a death curse. He's got a death curse. Yeah, that guy. Uh, and then the other guy, the truck driver, uh, he says something also. Uh -huh. so, so they do this flashback montage mm -hmm. just to be like, hey, in case you hadn't seen this stuff lately. Yeah. <laughs> Here's that stuff. And then they just hit the ground running with let's start more slashing. So um, basically uh, they've got Jason's body at the morgue. Um, he apparently just recovers from the injuries while lying there, picks up a bone saw and kills the wisecracking sandwich eaten uh, mortician and sets out on his next rampage. That's why you crack wise and eat sandwiches when you can. Yeah, because you don't know how long you, you get. you don't know how long you'll get. That's true. I can't remember if he steals his sandwich. Right. Well, that would be interesting, wouldn't it? Like lift his mask up yeah. and take a bite of it. Yeah, never seen me. Do so you have the hockey mask? Yeah. So one? he got you the hockey mask in, in the third one. Yeah. yeah. Like however far through the movie. Um, it's near the end, I remember. Yeah. So, so he's... He's acquired hockey mask finally, and uh, it's not his mom doing the killing for him. He's grown up now. Um, put on his big boy pants. <laughs> so, uh, so basically, we've got um, this kid, uh, the, um, the Corey kid, is uh, he's hanging out with his mom and his sister. They've got some house kind of on the edge of the woods, whatever, and then the camp is nearby. Um, and this, uh, this kind of gets, uh, I don't even know what you would call this character. Uh, I don't know if he's an Ahab or not, but, uh, there's this hitchhiker who has a bunch of newspaper clippings and he wants to get to the camp. His sister was killed by Jason and he wants to hunt him down and kill him. Mm -hmm. Sounds like an Ahab. It's kind of an Ahab, right? And Jason's his white whale. Um, so this guy is, uh, this guy is going to be uh, kind of on the periphery of the other stories. There's like kind of three or four stories going on simultaneously, but you've got a bunch of uh, a bunch of kids who are going to be hanging out at a cabin, having a good time. And I don't remember. Is there 
is there like any actual summer camp crap going on? Maybe there's not. But these uh, these late teens, early 20s people, whatever they're supposed to be, um, include Crispin Glover. So you've got uh, All right. you've got Crispin Glover who does the most awesome, ridiculous dance you've ever seen. Oh man, you've got to watch this. That's okay, for yeah. real. He's like, well, maybe she wants to dance. And he like goes and puts on some weird record and starts doing this weird, quirky, gyrating, stiff, robotic dance. It's pretty, pretty hilarious. I should have put him in more movies. Oh man. He, he, he should have been in every movie. He should be in as many as Nicolas Cage has been in. Oh, my God. So, uh, so basically, uh, you've got this bunch, and there's, there's the usual skinny dipping and cars that won't start and all that kind of crap. Um, Jason starts killing people, believe it or not. Really? He kills them in ways like uh, this one kid, he's kind of struck out with this girl he's trying to pick up on. So he's sitting there with a teddy bear, smoking a joint laughing watching old timey like 1920s stag movies on a projector oh okay. and then uh, he gets up because i don't know he thinks he hears something or whatever and he walks over by the screen the film breaks and it's just flapping around and he's standing in front of this white lit up screen and all of a sudden jason stabs him right through the screen so he he goes and he's got shower killings, he's got movie screen killings. Um Is there a head in the toilet? There's a harpoon to the junk. Uh there's just uh I don't know, I don't think there's a head in the toilet in this one. Oh man, maybe that's part five. I think that's uh, House on Sorority Row. On one of them they find a head in the toilet. I think that's House on Sorority Row. I'm not certain. No, I'm I... pretty sure that's a Friday the thirteenth too. Oh, I don't see why it couldn't be both. It can be. And so many more. So many more movies. Gandhi had a head in the toilet. <laughs> yeah. Titanic had yeah. the toilet. Yeah. They, yeah, the, that one, they edited in a lot of regions. But uh, yeah, there's there's craziness abound. Um, this all sort of culminates in the gimmick that I forgot to mention that uh, Corey Feldman's character uh, is a horror movie freak who yeah. loves special effects uh-huh. and makes his own masks that he clearly couldn't possibly make. Um, he ends up. I remember being, I don't know, not disappointed, but yeah, thinking the same thing. No way that kid made those masks. <laughs> no. Maybe Why can't I make masks like that? Maybe one of those masks, but not that puppet with the moving eyes and stuff. No way. Um, so. A lot of people go through a lot of plate glass windows that are clearly fake glass, you know, like sugar glass, but then they get that perfect glass breaking sound. Yeah. Um, but for whatever reason, the dog jumps through a window yep. in one of the scenes, just like for no reason at all, <laughs> crashes through the window. And, uh, you know, two of the women at different points in time jump through windows and it's just crazy. Uh, so all these killings are going on. And then finally... It gets down to where it's Jason coming after Tommy Jarvis's mom and or sister. And I forget which one jumps out the window and which one sticks with him. But uh, he finally lures Jason away uh, by running upstairs, shaving his head, doing some funky makeup because he saw the hitchhiker's uh, uh, newspaper clipping with a drawing in it of what Jason looked like. Deformed young Jason looked like. And so he made himself look like deformed young Jason and goes... Like, Jason, I'm you. Look over here. And then his mom or sister, whichever one it was, gets the drop on him and hacks him with a machete and yeah. gets him through the hand. And then 
uh, yeah, takes his head off, his mask. You'd see his face. Mm-hmm. Um, so and it was beautiful. Yeah, and then then you don't see him actually making contact, but you do see little Tommy Jarvis swinging the machete at uh, Jason, who is down on the ground, and he's just hacking and hacking, and he's obviously lost his mind. And then you see the "I've lost my mind" stare when he's looking into the camera at the end. Yeah, and. Basically, what gets accomplished? Um, well, you think Jason's dead, and so is most everybody else. So why not another movie? So they do. So they move on and do another one. And I think they have the two Tommy Jarvis ones in a row. Yeah. Yes, that's the next one. You, he's you grown think, up. Yeah, it's, he's he's being committed. and Yeah, and you think maybe he is. And he's like the sus- one of the suspects for who's doing more killings. Yeah. More killing. Now, some of the behind the scenes stuff. They should have just had one where there were no killings the whole movie. Yeah, just suspense the whole time. David Chase from The Sopranos made one. He would have made that (laughs) because he loved disappointing his audience. (laughs) Right. (laughs) He'd have Sopranos episodes where nothing happened, you know, just because people wanted murder, murder, murder. Yeah. So. It's like, hey, the mafia does a lot of boring stuff when they're not murdering. There's a lot that has to happen behind the scenes. Boring stuff happens, too. Now, some production notes on this one uh, that are kind of interesting is that uh, uh, Paramount was aware that the slasher genre was starting to decline, and uh, they thought it was a good idea to finish the series. So that was what they were thinking they were going to do here. But, of course, it made money, and they went back to the well again and again and again. Um but At the least five more times, <laughs> six more times, right? Um, Not counting the Freddy Jason ones. But I made a note here when they when they say that um, that Frank Mancuso wanted to end the series and kill off Jason. My note I made was ha 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 <laughs> because that's never going to happen. Marrying off Jason. Yeah, marrying him off is more likely than killing him off. You know, he gets married, he settles down, he's got a couple kids, he sends them to camp, and someone murders them, and then he has to come back. This time is personal. This time <laughs> is personal. He plays by his own rules. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, let's see. Um, this was originally, uh, let's see, they, they filmed uh, from October 83 uh, to finish in January of 84. It was all filmed in Topanga Canyon and something Newell, California. Um, the idea was that they were going to uh, release this thing in uh, October of 84. So they, they went from October 83 to January 84 filming, but then it's like, yeah, we got till the end of the year. We'll release it around Halloween. And uh, the screenings that they did uh, were met with a lot of interest and enthusiasm. So they went ahead and pushed the date up to uh, April of 84, which when this was released um so uh this was a first time that paramount ever assisted with uh the production of like a a movie like this installment kind of a thing uh they actually rented a house in malibu and catered for the uh, writers and and uh, editors to work on this thing and and paid the rent and fed them and everything. Um, During filming, there's some stuff that was kind of interesting. Uh, Joseph Zito, who was the director, apparently was a dick and was really just difficult to work with. He directed the the Prowler. The Prowler? I don't know that one. 
That's one of AKA Rosemary's killer, the guy dressed as a some kind of GI with a bayonet. Hmm. Mm. I know the movie. name, but I've never seen it. Hmm. I don't think I know this one at all. That's about another, a guy who that's prowls. An, another one with um, uh, special effects by Tom Zavini. Oh, wow. Well, it's definitely worth a look then. I mean, if for no other reason, there's always that. Hmm. It's like, got to look at the arc of Savini's work. Like, But all the effects really benign in that one. Like <laughs> rear projection car driving scenes. <laughs> right. <and laughs> A bloody nose is all the blood there is, you know, just one trickle. <laughs> but it was super realistic. Um, apparently, this guy was so difficult to work with that uh, he never worked again. Oh, I don't know if he didn't. But um, Ted White was the name of the guy who played Jason. He wanted his name taken off of the credits. He's like, I don't even want to be associated with this guy. He's, wow, he's awful. Really? Uh, yeah. In um, Hollywood, that must be something. <laughs> well, he defended several of the actors. Um, and and there were things like uh, Zito wouldn't let people get out of the lake, like in between takes. Oh. And one of the girls got hypothermia and it was pretty dangerous, you know, to her life. Um, uh, Ted White, who played Jason, um, wanted a, a uh, like a wrestling mat, crash pad, whatever you want to call it, uh, for one of the actors for one of the stunts. Because they were having these young actors doing their own stunts. Wow. And... Uh, it was like he had, I mean, he had to be the advocate for the other actors and it's like, he's pretty big dude. So maybe, you know, maybe that was even more reason for Zito to be like, you're not going to tell me what to do just cause you're big. So maybe that mm. kind of turned the dial up on being so awful. Um, apparently, uh, Corey Feldman was kind of bratty on the set, but, but that's attributed to not liking Zito. And when he was hacking and slashing what was supposedly him killing Jason, uh, the story is that he was pretending it was Zito. <laughs> so there's all this stuff. Wow. Uh, if you watch that um, Crystal Lake Memories. And of course, life turned out fine for Corey Feldman. Yeah. Corey Haim, not so much. But Corey Feldman, he's got a great music career going. Yeah. Um, I do recommend that one. Although, like I said, it's very standard fare. Yeah. I, I, I saw it on a double bill with uh, My Bloody Valentine. Yeah. Just had a, yeah. had a good time. It's yeah. just for fun. It's not like you're going to take this thing seriously. Yeah. You can look at it and go, well, it ticks all the boxes, as we like to say. Yes. Yeah. That's, that's why they're fun to watch with an audience, because you, you just like... Yeah, I remember watching this with a bunch of people, and we, we were all thrilled with the twist at the end where he... I'm you, Jason, and it was great, cheesy fun. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and then he just makes the crazy face, and you're yeah. like, oh, shit, he is Jason now. Oh, no. Yeah. yeah. What else you watch? The Bloodlands. Um, this was um, known probably everywhere else but here, where we have to give stuff our own names and things. This was known as White Settlers. Uh, this is a 2014 British um, horror film, I guess you could say. Uh, it's more suspense and... You know, it's more of a stock and slash kind of thing than it is horror. But what makes a horror movie a horror movie? Um, this st stars Pollyanna McIntosh as Sarah and Lee Williams as Ed. They're a young British couple who um, they don't give you a whole lot of Joe exposition. They just basically like, oh, it's beautiful here. It's amazing. We're in Scotland. And how is this house so cheap? And it's practically a castle. And so you kind of figure that. This is a lot like Ilz or Them, uh, where the French couple is 
going out to that house that they're mm-hmm. going to restore. Mm-hmm. It's got a lot in common with that as far as the setup. But then something else it has in common is that suddenly they're being menaced and you're not sure by whom or why. And um, this one, I'm hesitant to talk way too much about because maybe we might cover this on our show. I would say if both of you guys watched this and if you liked it for the most part as much as I did, uh, it might be worth dedicating an episode to it. Um, okay. Pollyanna McIntosh is, uh, she's a character. She, she, she plays a character <laughs> in, uh, in Walking Dead that they called Jadis and it turns out She's got a different name um, when she's not being this weird. she one of the mini zombies? She's one of the garbage dump people. One of the... That turns into a Dracula. <laughs> no. Or, or a Frankenstein. <laughs> I don't know what's on this show. <laughs> you don't need to. It's not worth it. Um, so she's an actress who is... Um, she's better than this material they're giving her for The Walking Dead. And this movie, and you, you heard me talk about the movie The Woman, where that feral woman was in the woods, mm. um, and that guy captured her and put her in the barn. And... Oh, wait, I thought that was a real story. Oh, no, that was... You were telling me. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, you remember when I lived in Idaho? Um, there was another movie that... I, I, I see, I have the notes on it here. Um, uh, the Woman is a 2011 film directed by Lucky McKee, adapted by McKee and Jack Ketchum from Jack Ketchum's novel by the same name. It was Not Hank Ketchum who made Dennis the Menace. No, and I would get the two confused because I love Dennis the Menace. Um, Offspring was the original movie, which I didn't know that. So Offspring is a 2009 horror movie directed by Andrew Vanderhouten, uh, which centers on the survival survivors of a feral flesh-eating clan who abducts local people and eats them. Uh, so that's one I didn't know about till I was researching a little bit for the Bloodlands. So I want to watch Offspring and then rewatch um, the Bloodlands. Uh, 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 in I, I don't know how this story goes in the movie, but uh, there's there's an old uh, like a kind of an urban legend, but rural legend. Uh-huh. In Scotland, there's like a clan, the Sawney Bean clan, oh. that lived out in the wilds and uh, would capture people and eat them yeah oh wow so one here in this country too the benders the benders same sort of thing may have been real may not have you know supposedly lived in a cave and ate people Mm -hmm. oh man yeah well this one uh you're not really sure what their motivations are and i don't want to spoil this one at all but i will say that they're being menaced by some uh some people and is not, it Chud? It's not Chud. Is it Bigfoot? Um, probably is it more... the Loch Ness monster? <laughs> Definitely not. <laughs> is it Scotland? <laughs> well, it is Scotland, but uh, you know, there's no Chuds, and I think they may not be near Loch Ness. Oh. Um, I really Scottish yeah. Chuds. This one is on Netflix, and so I do think our listeners might uh, might really enjoy it. So All right. I'm just going to say the Bloodlands. It, uh, it the main characters are in. Uh, a big house that probably has a lot of ways in and a lot of ways out. Um, they are on the edge of the woods. They are all alone and they are being menaced by several people who apparently know the area way better than they do. And possibly chuds or big feet, big feet, big foots or Loch Ness, Batman's Batman's <laughs> Nesses, yeah. Loch Nesses, Nessies, Nessies. Um, 
So I'm going to just say this is a recommendation. A whole mess of Nessies. Man, if there were a lot of Loch Ness movies, we could do an episode called A Whole Mess of Nessies. Oh, one called The Loch Ness Terror, which is just hysterical. (laughs) Hysterically bad? I don't know. It's just, uh, it's got that great, like, 70s TV monster movie vibe. And and there's some of the dialogue in it. It's just priceless. Does it it have killer bees in it? What's it called? Loch Ness Terror. Loch Ness Terror. Yeah. Right. And it's obviously filmed nowhere near Scotland. Oh, that's even better. <laughs> well, there you have it. So we had Just Before Dawn, The Ritual, uh, Sleepaway Camp, Friday the 13th, The Final Chapter, and The Bloodlands. So here's a good list of movies to watch if you're going to be secluded in a cabin in the woods or a house on the edge of the woods mm-hmm. or in a tent or a camper van. Listening to some Camper Van Beethoven, you know, mm. which would probably be nice. Um, so I think that's a good list. We didn't go with any of the obvious, and I would normally just say Dog Soldiers. Put that in there. Yep. You're in a cabin in the woods in Scotland, and there's werewolves. And no big feet. No big feet. Or Bigfoots. So um, I think that's a lot for our listeners to, to run with. Wedge in a Boggy Creek. There you go. There's a Bigfoot yeah. movie for you. You got Willow Creek. You got uh, Exists. Oh, those other Bigfoot movies? Those are Bigfoots. Yeah. Bigfoots. Willow Creek. Yeah. yeah that's Bobcat a, directed Bobcat that, Gold- didn't he? Yeah, yeah. Movie. Bobcat Goldthwaite, the director. Yeah. Um, anything else before we get out of here? Any ideas for next week? Um... Do you want to maybe look at the Bloodlands and see if you sure, want to talk about that? Sure, we can watch the Bloodlands. All right, because we all have Netflix. access. Yeah, we all we have access to Netflix, and all right. most of our listeners probably do too. So let's do that. 2014, the Bloodlands, also known as White Settlers, with Pollyanna McIntosh and Lee Williams in the lead roles. All right, all right. Well, that it. That's it. All right. Don't camp on the moors. Yeah. Don't camp on the moors. <laughs>